It's Wednesday, September 6, 2023, and I'm Dave Sobel. Three things to know today. Full steam ahead, unpacking the latest labor market trends. Labor Day marks a shift. One million Americans face new office mandates and the summer of security risks. What the recent wave of zero days tells us. This is the business of tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming off the long U.S. Labor Day weekend, perhaps we should talk about labor. U.S. employers added 187,000 jobs in August, indicating a still resilient labor market despite high interest rates imposed by the Federal Reserve. The unemployment rate rose to 3.8%, but for an encouraging reason. More people began looking for work. Wage gains are easing, which may help provide reassurance that inflation pressures are cooling. The Fed hopes to achieve a rare soft landing in which its rate hikes would manage to slow hiring, borrowing, and spending enough to curb inflation without causing a deep recession. Women have recovered to pre-pandemic employment levels and are now half of the labor force, with prime-age working women leading the recovery. In August, the labor force participation rate for women ages 25 to 54 was 77.6%, compared with 77% in February 2020, just before the economy crashed. That figure represents the share of women in that population who are working or actively looking for work, and it's a key metric to assess the economy's health. It's also a milestone. Women in that cohort have remained at or above 77.5% since April of this year, marking the highest recorded rates in history. There's also evidence that much of that rebound was driven by women with young children, with the labor force participation rate for women with children under the age of five around 70.4%, an all-time high, according to a study by Think Tank, the Brookings Institution. And according to CompTIA's latest monthly tech jobs report, the technology sector added 12,643 workers in August, led by new hiring in IT, custom software services, system design, cloud infrastructure, data processing, and hosting. However, tech occupations throughout the U.S. economy declined by 189,000 positions, with the unemployment rate for tech occupations rising slightly to 2.1%. Employer job postings for future tech hiring totaled nearly 208,000 in August, with the professional, scientific, and technical services, administrative support, and manufacturing sectors having the largest share of tech job postings. Why do we care? 
I'm feeling full steam ahead is the consensus, despite it being a boring headline. Do more with less will be a theme for customers. They'll struggle to find staff in much the same way you will. So lean into that positioning. I'm encouraged by the numbers around women in the workforce. I want to keep in mind the additional demographics. Women with young children. Now, pause and consider if you have position to be attractive to this demographic. If you haven't already considered this demographic, now's the time. Could your services support more flexible work environments that are attractive to the workforce segment? Think about childcare support, staggered hours, or even providing tech solutions that make remote working more feasible and productive. And I'll get into remote work next. Labor Day also appears to be the day some large companies are pushing their workers back into the office. CEOs of major companies such as Goldman Sachs, Meta, and Amazon are ordering employees back to the office most days of the week, citing a decline in productivity and difficulty with collaboration and communication while working from home. I've referenced some of the studies they cite on the show before. Starting this month, 1 million American employees will be subject to a new return-to-office mandate, according to new research from real estate firm Jones Lang LaSalle. Why do we care? We'll see how this plays out. I'm in the hybrid work camp, where the goal is to measure work based on output and effectiveness rather than time. Now, that's not easy, and frankly, why so many managers struggle. While the big players like Goldman Sachs and Amazon are corralling their workforce back into office buildings, Smaller firms have the agility to offer more flexible options. Now, link this to our previous story. One of the reasons hybrid or remote work is appealing is due to factors outside the office. These CEOs are measuring their productivity alone, which isn't particularly holistic and generally misses out on ideas like, can we recruit and retain female employees with young children? I'm not convinced this is the optimal path, but hey, you do you, Big Shot CEO. It seems we survived the holiday weekend without a notable security breach. This summer has seen a wave of newly discovered zero-day vulnerabilities, which hackers have already exploited before being patched. The number of zero-day vulnerabilities found in 2023 has already surpassed last year's totals at 57 over last year's 52. The rise in zero days is partly due to cyber criminals catching on to their allure as they become easier to access on the cyber criminal underground. But it's not the only new hotness to worry about. According to Qualys, 15 out of the 20 most exploited software vulnerabilities are in Microsoft's code, with the top vulnerability being a six-year-old memory corruption bug in Microsoft Office that's been as used as recently as August 31st. And our favorite attacks on the help desk and IT department are still considerable. Hackers are using social engineering to reset multi-factor authentication for highly privileged Okta enterprise accounts, gaining access to the cloud-based identity access management service and moving laterally through targeted networks. U.S.-based customers of Okta have reported a consistent pattern of cross-tenant impersonation attacks in the recent weeks with the actors targeting users assigned with super administrator permissions, the company revealed in a recent blog post. 
IBM's 2023 cost of a breach report shows that the average cost of a breach rose to $4.45 million, with costs associated with escalation and detection increasing 42% over the last three years. Only 51% of breached entities surveyed by IBM decided to bolster their security investments despite the rising financial consequences of dealing with a breach. Now, why do we care? It's popular to think security is the route to profit for IT providers. I'll observe that the basics are still missing for so many. A combination of patch management backups and user social engineering defense goes very far. But let's celebrate the good incident-free weekend. MSP Global is the place to be to shape the future of services. MSPs, VARs, MSSPs, if you work in digital enablement, you need to be at the Nürburgring. Discover products, form new partnerships, connect with top leaders, and hear from MSP industry voices, as well as rock legend Bob Geldof. You'll get to enjoy the legendary Nürburgring racetrack, perfect for the theme of driving digital transformation. MSP Global, November 14 to 16, and registration is free with the code MSP Radio or the link in the show notes. MSPglobal.com and code MSP Radio to attend for free. Thanks for listening. Today it was announced Evergreen Services Group has acquired its first London based MSP, the final step to expand into the UK. I always want to celebrate entrepreneurs' successes, and Raja Pagadala has been a dear friend for well over a decade. A huge congratulations to him and his wife and daughter for their success. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. Like the content? Support the show at patreon.com slash MSP radio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. If you want to reach our listeners, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Part of the MSP Radio Network.